everyone. I'm your host, Dawn, and welcome back to the Procovery Podcast. Today we are speaking with Stephanie Schmidt from Positive Directions at Peter and Paul Community Services in St. Louis, Missouri. Peter and Paul Community Services is an ecumenical human service agency committed to providing immediate and transitional housing and supportive services to the homeless, especially those experiencing mental illness, HIV, AIDS, and drug and alcohol addiction. When new people begin to learn about Procovery, we often hear that it sounds wonderful in theory, but they can't see it working with their challenging population. We understand their reticence, but it actually does work. Procovery is not a program specific to mental illness. It is not a program about illness at all. It's a program about building hope and healing and life. It's about supporting the whole person. Procovery was created for people, not diagnoses. We know that there's a lot of talk these days about the need for services and programs that bridge the gap between mental and physical diagnoses, or psychiatric and addiction services, or any number of other co-diagnoses. But here at Procovery, we have been doing that since the outset. Our principles, strategies, group structure, implementation structure, technical assistance, community outreach, and every other thing we do works across settings, diagnoses, cultures, regions. Please have a listen to our in-depth conversation with Stephanie Schmidt, who has been a dedicated Procovery Circle facilitator since 2006. Stephanie indicated to us that the Procovery Circle she facilitates serves substance users with HIV. We thought others would be interested in hearing how she feels Procovery impacts this population. And here, Stephanie shares with us her thoughts. You know, I think Procovery is amazing for this population. Um, Really specifically, the people that we serve are not only people with HIV who are substance abusers, they're also people who are pretty regularly homeless. So on paper, you know, they'll say, oh my gosh, here's my background, here's all these things sort of stacked against me. Um, One of the things that I really love about Procovery is that it talks about that they can move forward, that there is something today they can do to make their lives better, and that they don't have to sort of always live life looking backwards. Um, The other thing that I think is really important for this circle is that it gives people the opportunity to connect with other people who are similar to them, who are trying to make positive change. And I think a lot of times, you know, we focus in on really um, specific issues in the HIV world. So your HIV case manager wants to talk to you about your medical issues. You know, your PO wants to talk to you about your legal issues. But it's all this, you know, sort of broken down really specific information. And what gets lost in all of that, which I just love about the Brocovery book, is that it talks about that the first thing we have to do is we have to be motivated within ourselves at some level for something. And what I think is really good is that when we hear about how other people get motivated for anything, for any little step that they can take forward, it is incredibly powerful um, for people. The other thing I think that's really good is that the book is written in a way that doesn't necessarily, um, you don't have to stick just with a mental illness approach. So when in the book, you know, all of the quotes that are talking about, you know, addressing mental illness, we talk about any chronic illness. Because a lot of our folks, you know, we have 70% of our folks also have a mental illness, but 100% have HIV, you know, like 80% have high blood pressure or and or diabetes. So there's all sorts of things that sort of tie in in addition just to the mental health issue. 
Next, we asked Stephanie if the principle focus forward, not backward, has any special meaning for the members in her recovery circle, and this is what she had to say. This is one of the key parts to our circle. Um, again, it comes right out of the beginning of the Creating Change chapter, which is a chapter that we go back to sort of over and over and over and over again, in that so often people have been told that their background defines who they are, who they are now, who they will be in the future. Um, you know, because a lot of times you hear in the mental health circles that the best indicator of future behavior is past behavior. So if I have always been whatever it is, you know, a drug user, you know, I've engaged in criminal activity, my most likely future is to continue those things. So when people hear that and they're sort of, that's beaten into them, I'm never going to be able to be different. I'm always going to be the way that I was before. That is so hopeless. Why would you even try to change if you felt like there wasn't any hope for it to work? I wouldn't try. Like, I would give up, you know? And a lot of times that's what people have done because they're so focused backwards and all the people around them are focused backwards. So what's been really helpful is to say that you don't need big solutions because people come to us and they're like, my gosh, you know, I have HIV. HIV at the moment does not have a solution in terms of a cure. We talk a lot about how you can be healed even if you're not cured. So that there is something today, and it may be little, but that little step is going to address the big goals and what they see as the big problems. They don't have to have this magic pill that's going to you know, erase HIV from their lives forever in order for them to live a life that they love. A lot of times we talk about in the book, Kathleen wrote almost like a parable about if you live in a house and a big tree grew up through the floor and you couldn't move the tree and you couldn't move, what would you do? What you try to do is you try to make your space that you did have as beautiful as it could be, to draw attention away from what can't be changed, sort of make peace with that, and focus your energy on what you can change. And so I think the, the folks in our circle just really, really value the idea that they have power to change their lives and to be who they really want to be. And that's the other thing I think that Procovery does really well is it taps into their highest potential and their highest level. And we talk about that and we talk about what it would mean to be there. And until you talk about the thing that's the most beautiful that you want, there's no way to create a roadmap to get there. You know, if all you talk about is what you've known, which is not where you want to be, that's where your energy goes. You know, so we should talk about in the biggest picture what people want, where people want to go, how they can make peace, and how they can really focus forward in their lives. Here, Stephanie shares her favorite chapter of The Power of Procovery. Generally, the chapter that we come back to over and over and over is the Creating Change chapter, um, and then the two quotes at the beginning of that, the Andy Warhol quote that says, you know, they always say that time changes things, but you actually have to change them yourself. And then the Albert Ellis quote that says, most people are consuming so much time and energy trying to do the impossible, namely to change and control the actions of others, that they wrongly believe that they cannot do the one thing that is most possible to change themselves. Gosh, when people just feel so beaten down and they just feel like so much is wrong, one of the only things that we can do almost as a defense mechanism is we can't be reflective about where we are. We can't think about the problems that we're having. We have to find somebody else to blame it on. And we have to say, if it's not a person, it's a situation. Well, I would do this, but I can't because... And one of the things that the Creating Change chapter is so focused on is what you can do. And there are things that we can't do. For example, we can't get rid of HIV. We can't get rid of mental health issues. But it gives them, again, that power 
okay, but what can I do? How can I create change? So it's not just that I'm going to do something different and I'm going to maintain the status quo, which is, again, a lot of times what they hear. No matter what you do, you're not going to be successful. But it really helps people see that when I start and do any little thing, that it is going to make a difference, that it's going to move them forward. Um, I know on page 101, talks about that there are uh, seven questions to ask yourself in order to analyze fear of a specific change, like what's the most likely outcome, what's the worst thing that could happen, how likely is that to happen? What's the best thing that could happen? What's the likelihood of this happening? And what if I don't do anything? Um, and people have really come with serious issues. And the group helps them. You know, we had another person who had a really terrible relationship with his family. And, you know, he really talked about, I need to have some boundaries. I need to be a little bit more honest with them about where I'm coming from, about what I need, but was really afraid of this sort of outright rejection. Um, you know, they didn't know that he had HIV. So that alone, that exposure of letting them know what the story is with his health issues can be enough for whole families to just abandon people. So there really was an honest risk but the group really helped him work through it and he decided no like I can do this because it's important for me as a step of my own healing I don't want to live in a lie anymore and so after we'd gone through this he identified that the best thing that could happen is that his family could be supportive that it would actually give them a better relationship because they didn't understand why he was hot and cold all the time why he was angry some days and not other days because he'd been hiding so much so anyway Long story short, he ended up telling his family it was an incredible experience for him. They were incredibly receptive. It just worked out really, really well. And again, he did that because of recovery, because of reading this section, having the group support him through this section, and it worked out. And I mean, what a great testimony to recovery. Here we asked Stephanie if the principle Just Start Anywhere has any special meaning for her circle members. I feel like this is an incredibly powerful message. I think it's a really powerful message for all of us. So I currently do not live with HIV, but who knows? I could in the future. Anybody else could in the future. And the idea is that no matter where we are in life, in relation to where we want to be or where we used to be, we can do something today, whatever that is. I love that there's a chapter that says, you know, if what you can do is bake muffins today or blueberry pancakes, I think, then do that. If what you can do is get out of bed, then do that. If what you can do is make one phone call, then do that. I think what's really nice is sometimes when people have HIV, something that you know, society identifies as a big problem, we also sort of create a plan for people. In order for you to succeed, here's what you need to do. You know, and I know it's true in, in the mental health circle too, right? And it comes out of a good place in service providers, but we sort of imagine that we know what's best for people and that there is one right way and that by following our right way, that their lives are going to be fixed. And what that does is undermine their choice and really their engagement in that process of change. So what Just Start Anywhere allows them to do is to decide for them not only what's possible, but what's meaningful. And if you go to where your energy is, which is what they talk about in the book, We've had such better outcomes when we truly let people decide what it is that they can do today instead of us saying, well, here's the things that we need you to do today. You know, and I think that the clients feel really empowered. And when they hear about other people and what they're trying to do today, there's a great sense of community around that. Because when you say something out loud, you know, here's where I want to start, this is what I want to do, and you put that out to the group because it's a you know, it's really sort of a sacred time together. It carries over to the rest of the week. 
Next, Stephanie shares with us one of her favorite recovery cards. My personal very favorite recovery card, it's a, I don't know exactly who to say, but I think it's Dejuka Proverb. And what it says is that it's not what they call us, but what we answer to that matters. And this, I think, is so incredibly powerful for the people in our circle because there's lots of things that people call them. A majority of the folks we serve are men who have sex with men. A majority of our folks have been to prison. A great majority of our folks are either current or past drug users. A lot of them have been unable to hold employment over time. There are lots of things that people can say that are really hurtful and harmful to them and to their spirits. But the idea of, of the card, and we end up getting a lot. I'm not sure why. I think sort of the greater universe wants to sort of emphasize for us the truth of this. But it really doesn't matter what people call you to if you don't answer to it. If you identify yourself as something else, as something above and different and beyond who you used to be, you can be that person because we act based on who we believe that we are. And if all we buy into is the terrible things that people say about us, and that's true for any of us, regardless if we have HIV, regardless if we have a mental health issue, if we buy into the worst of ourselves, we're going to act in the worst of ourselves. If we buy into the best of ourselves and we say, those things may be true, but that does not define who I am as a person today. We can act out of that place, and that's a place of power. That's a place of respect. That's a place of love and not a place of stigma. And it really gives us a new way to move forward. Again, if you felt like you were so boxed in and so defined and had no power over that, why would you try to be different? Why? Like, you wouldn't, because if you knew there was no hope of it working, you wouldn't waste your effort. So people have said, yep, I may be a person with HIV. Yep, I may be homeless. Yep, I may be a drug user. Yep, I may be a convicted felon. But you know what? I'm a wonderful person, and I'm a person that cares about people and that wants to help people. I just think it's been an amazing shift. I mean, and because it's so overarching. We sort of talked earlier that sometimes, you know, when we're social service professionals, we just want to talk about what we've identified as the problems and have specific answers to a specific problem. What I love about this card and about recovery in general is it really encourages people to go beyond just those sort of small details and to really look at the big picture and to really identify the best in who they are and to act and to love and to support others out of that best place. Here, Stephanie shares three of her circle members' favorite quotes from recovery by Beatrice Wood, Forrest Church, and Betty Reese, respectively. Um, in our group, we talked about it, and we actually came up with three. <laughs> it's hard. They're very excited about recovery, and it's hard to sort of limit people's enthusiasm for it. So the first one we came up with is there's a quote that talks about, my life is full of mistakes. They're like pebbles that make a good road. And I think the idea of this is a lot of times um, when we talk about mistakes and things that people would do differently, we talk about them always in a negative sense, and we don't talk about them in a redemptive sense or a purposeful sense. We have to believe at some level that suffering can be redemptive. One of the most beautiful things that I know of, we have a, a person who, when he came in, was just devastated by his diagnosis of HIV, devastated. Didn't want to get out of bed, couldn't do anything about it. Um, and through that, we started talking about this quote, how pebbles make a good road. And we said, you know what? So if there's a lesson here, if there's something good that's going to come out of that, you know, this is, it's going to, it's going to help you have a good road. This is a bump, absolutely, 
but it is not a boulder that is ending your trip. And with that as the beginning and then continuing to work with the staff, he actually now is a peer educator um, in the HIV world. So he goes out like three times a week and makes speeches and uh, runs seminars for the Red Cross. And he loves it and he feels like his experience is purposeful. And he will say, you know, it's not a death sentence. What it is, is it gives me the opportunity to give life to other people so that they don't have to have walked the same road that I have. Um, so that has been just a really powerful experience to watch, that transformation. The second is a quote that talked about, when cast into the depths, first, we must let go of those things that cannot save us. And the second is we have to hold on to those things that can. And a lot of times, I think, you know, in the world of, of living with HIV, there are a lot of things that are not really helpful a lot of times people got the disease when they were involved in some pretty negative activities. And so it really is powerful for them to think about what is life-giving and what is life-saving for them so that instead of focusing their energy on things that they know bring them down, focusing their energy on people that they know bring them down and that keep them sort of stuck in this rut, that they can really try to identify, okay, what are the things that are life-giving and sort of been tied into that just start anywhere, what today can I do that is going to move me toward those things that are life-giving and those things that are really life-saving? And we talk about life in those terms, that it is a battle that they are fighting and they have to find the things that are worth fighting for. And it, it I mean, this has really been unbelievable. Over, I think it's around 86% of the folks that came to us reduced their drug use by over 50% in the first three months of them being with us which is a huge change. And people were actually able to maintain that at a year out. And most of them are still in our program. Because again, what is it that's going to save you? And if we know that illegal drugs and not taking HIV medicine are going to bring you down the path to pain and suffering and death and no other good thing, and we hold on to those things which are life-saving, which is making peace with yourself, which is forgiving other people, which is focusing on yourself, you know, and, and doing the things you need to do to take care of your health care, partnering with your doctors, partnering with your case managers, recognizing your own power, but appreciating their support. You know, it is, it is, a, it is again, a huge transformation, a huge shift, um, and it really has helped the folks that we serve make serious and meaningful and concrete change in their lives. And then the last one they wanted uh, me to throw in is the quote about, if you think you're too small to be effective, you've never been in bed with a mosquito, <laughs> which we just love because, again, these are people that are the most disempowered, the most disenfranchised, some of the most marginalized social groups in modern America. You know, So they do feel small. They feel like they have got nothing to offer when they first come. And by just that encouragement, we're all small in the big picture, but we can still do things. And it has been, it has been just a beautiful thing to watch. We asked Stephanie if she was familiar with the rearview mirror analogy at the beginning of the recovery song, Just Start Anywhere. Here's her answer. The thing that we talk about in the rearview mirror is because the people that we serve have had so many things go wrong and because so many other people keep their focus on what, what did go wrong and what's in the past, that it really has led people to a sense of complete and utter powerlessness. Powerlessness in terms of there is nothing that I can do today that will make anything any better because the only thing that's going to make anything better is this big solution. And I think what we have learned by sort of saying, okay, we, we can't go back to the time before you had HIV. We can't go back to the time before you had ever tried crack. We can't go back to the time before you had had a falling out with your family. But the idea is that if all we look is backwards, 
there's nothing back there we can change. There's not a single thing. So rather than looking back and spending all of our energy, again, on things that we can't change, how do we sort of move that look forward? How do we shift toward changing the things that we can? You know, and I just think that has been a really lovely change for people to see and for people to hear. Sometimes it takes people a long time to believe it just because they've heard that negative thinking for so long and they've heard it from so many different people. But again, like the really beautiful part is once they figure out that the people that are around them really believe in them, that the staff really believes in them, the whole idea of co-covery believes in them, then they're more likely to believe in themselves and to try to make these changes. I mean, I could go on literally for hours about the positive changes that people have made as a direct result of our group. When we do our client satisfaction surveys every year, it is far and away everybody's favorite group. I mean, it really, people talk about these intense and meaningful changes that they've made really as a result of the thoughts and the ideas that came to them during ProCovery. Here, Stephanie shares with us a collective message from the members of her ProCovery circle. I think the thing that when I talked with the group about, you know, what they wanted to come out in this, because really I'm just a spokesperson. I'm just sort of the mouth of the wisdom and the experience of the group that I'm a member of. And the thing that they were the most emphatic that people should hear is to really recognize the difference between like hope building and hope busting. And they talked about that everywhere in life. You know, there are people that are trying to bring you down, either because they don't believe that you can be different or they don't want you to be different or they think that, you know, the change won't be that good for you or it won't be that good for them. You know, but the key emphasis, they said, is that once you start that snowball of hope, it can keep going, even for people who are the most disenfranchised, even for people who belong to some of the most marginal social groups, even for people that have made really terrible mistakes or decisions in the past or even now. That hope works and it is there if you cultivate it. That's what they really wanted the world to know. Um, not only about recovery at Positive Directions, you know, in our work with people with HIV, people who are homeless, people with drug addiction and, and mental health issues sort of all wrapped up, but really for any of us. You know, all of us need a reason to get out of bed. All of us need to believe in the most beautiful part of ourselves. In that way, we can act out of that place. We can support each other. We can lift ourselves up. And that truly is how we not only change the world, but make the world a better place for everybody. We asked Stephanie if there was one thing she would like to share about ProCovery at her site, and she said the following. The thing that I think is the most important about ProCovery at our site is, again, I would go back to the way that the people that we serve look on paper. If you look on a checklist of some of the worst things that you can think about in terms of either behaviors people have engaged in in the past, behaviors that people choose to engage in now, different diagnoses, any of those things, some of our clients fit into most of those categories. They're aware of it. You know, when they come in, they already think that they're a failure. They believe that everybody else sees them as a failure. They believe that there's nothing they can do to not be a failure. And I think what ProCovery at our site has shown them is that no matter how disempowered you are, no matter how beaten down you feel, no matter what you've done in your past, there is hope that it can work that you can be different, you know, and I think there's a quote that talked about that it's what ProCovery does. It believes in people, and sometimes that's what we need. You know, the common denominator for recovery is a support system of people and things that believe in you, and so I would really encourage people that if you think, gosh, it, it can't work with this population. This population is too hard. They're too, you know, they're too hardened, 
as individual people, it, it can work. I mean, we are, the Positive Directions crew is here as a living testament to the fact that it, it can work and that it does. We asked Stephanie to share with us what gives her hope, and she said the following. You know, what gives me hope is to show up every week with a group of people that by any definition in modern American society could be disparaged, but to watch them show up voluntarily every week to talk about the most beautiful part of themselves, to talk about what they hope for, to talk about how they want to change, to talk about their dreams and to ask for support around reaching those, and then to watch the group like enfold around them, support each other, you know, lift each other up. It, it takes my breath away every single week to watch this group of people who have lived incredibly difficult lives not only support each other, but lift themselves up. Um, I mean, it is really something that I, I stand in awe of it every week, and I make an effort to tell them all the time that their effort is truly beyond anything that anybody thought possible. You know, but they do. They show up every week, and they are amazing, and that is what gives me hope. Every day, every single one of them chooses something, even a really little something, to try to be different. And they hold each other to it, and they talk about it, and they talk about where they want to get to. And again, like I stand in complete and utter awe of it. And that is what gives me hope. We would like to say a big thank you to Stephanie Schmidt for taking the time to share her insight, experiences, and her caring spirit. Tune in next week as we continue to hear exciting, inspiring, and diverse guests across varied settings. And remember to pass the Procovery Podcast page link along to friends, family, and colleagues. As always, we invite you to follow us at www.twitter.com procovery. Today, we will be leaving you with a quote from Victor Hugo. All the forces in the world are not so powerful as an idea whose time has come.